contestant again. But before we get into the movies, I kind of wanted to ask if, because uh, I've been watching some weird stuff non-movie related lately, I wanted to ask if you've been watching anything <laughs> besides movies to pass the time. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I watched like a couple like NBA games on Amazon. Oh. Like 2000s games. I watched like LeBron score a bunch of points against the Pistons in 2005, <laughs> um, which was pretty cool, I guess. And um, I'm trying to think. If I, oh, I've been watching a lot of. Uh, this is more like these. This wasn't more. This is more like these last few weeks rather than this week. But I've been watching a lot of Master Chef. Master Chef uh, with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay's show. And that is a very weird, very insane show. In a good way? I've honestly, I've probably seen, like, parts of a few episodes. I really haven't seen that much. Yeah, it's like, it's not one of those where I can, like, like I can watch Kitchen Nightmares and be glued, uh, really glued to it. But um, MasterChef's one more I like. I I can easily walk away from it. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's just like a, it's more game show, and it's just kind of ridiculous, and it's a lot of um, it's a lot of like editing. So it's a lot of editing to where they're like trying to leave suspense um, for the results of the show. You you know what I yeah, mean? Like competition show. They'll be counting it down, it, like The Apprentice shit, where they'll be counting it down, and Gordon Ramsay will be like. Um, I, so, uh, Julie, you are not, like, that type of thing, yeah. you know, and then, mm-hmm. and they cut around for, like, five seconds, and <laughs> that type of stuff gets, it's just so exhausting, <laughs> yeah. because they don't stop, they don't, like, let up, it's every single decision that is made in the show, and, and it's just, yeah, but it, it is cool from the aspect of, um, there's just a lot of good food, and a lot of, like, like good critiques on food from the judges <laughs> and it's like really pretentious on food. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's a little, it's really, it's one of the weirdest shows ever. It's <laughs> like, like, I can't believe when I'm watching, I'm like, I can't believe this is a thing and that how ridiculous this is. Wow. I like food travel shows, but I haven't really got into like the food competition shows besides um the british bake-off great british bake-off mm-hmm. um which i didn't think i would like going into it and uh yeah i loved it it's actually a really really good show and it it's it's a feel-good show luke uh, <laughs> yeah i so positive content to be pretty gold actually and it, i'm surprised it took me uh <laughs> so long to get to it Wow! Like, I think he he deserves to have all the TV shows he does. Like he's like a great TV personality. Oh yeah, he's born for that for sure. You got yeah. you got to have someone that's just super opinionated and and honest. Yeah, and he's got the wonder the wonderful uh, British accent. Just makes a lot of things <laughs> he says so funny. He'll just he'll be like, "Oh, this beautiful fried rice," <laughs> just like things like that. Wow! Yeah. Oh, nice. I've uh, I haven't been watching um, Master Chef, but uh, 
I don't know if you ever get into these fits, but I've been in this recently where I just watch a bunch of animated shows. Like Hulu has like a pretty big library of animated shows. Have you been watching, have you been watching Family Guy? Not Family Guy, no. I Family Guy is something I've seen I've seen enough of and if it's yeah. on if it's on TV and I'm really desperate, I'll watch it, but yeah. Um, I mean, I've talked already on previous episodes about The Simpsons. I've been watching a lot of that, but also I've been watching um, a lot of The Simpsons lately. That's the best thing uh, I found I've, on I Disney Plus. I would say almost not enough of The Simpsons. No, I started. Um, I skipped season one just because I've I, I've seen that. I like I like once you start getting into you know seasons. It's very like, foundational. It's almost yeah. like too foundational. And plus, I like uh, Harry Shearer as Mr. Burns, who's like the most famous Mr. Burns doesn't start until like season three i think yeah and so i kind of i don't know that just feels weird to me hearing a different Mr. i do Burns. remember watching like season two once and being like there's something yeah there's like something different about mr burns yeah here. even though i think in season two there's like a lot of mr burns episodes mm-hmm. yeah and you just kind of notice that yeah it's like not bad but it's not like the mr burns voice which is awesome exactly the one of my favorite characters of any tv show but you've got to have the the classic mr burns um so yeah i mean i've been watching a lot of that but then on uh on hulu i mean the other night i was just like going through all these just late at night I, I didn't think i could get into movies so i was just watching all these animated shows in a row and i watched like king of the hill which is way funnier mm-hmm. than i remember uh what else was i watching uh bob's burgers i'm a big bob's burgers fan Good, too solid show yeah and uh and also like animaniacs and danny phantom uh like these old nickelodeon shows too and i do remember danny phantom danny phantom is actually kind of cool yeah 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 and animaniacs I'd, I'd say it, it holds up it's pretty funny, yeah. and it's. I can't believe that it's for kids. At some points, it's like, wow, this. Yeah, I watched this as like a yeah, yeah, seven-year-old. I, yeah. <laughs> I noticed that about a lot of my childhood stuff that they're way smarter than I thought. Yeah, definitely, and even uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog too. I think those are like well-crafted, you know, semi-horror short yeah. stories in that show. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been just been watching so many different animated shows uh that it's just crazy yeah (laughs) another one i don't know if you watch this at all but samurai jack is uh i've heard of it definitely and i may have watched some of it it's like all these shows you're bringing up are that i don't i yeah i like it's overwhelming i don't know yeah Yeah. i samurai jack i watched like a little bit um growing up but it's actually a really cool show is there a dog in samurai jack no, at least not that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's a cool show. It's actually, I guess it was a Adult Swim. I always thought it was just a Cartoon Network show. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a really cool samurai show, but it's also very like, there's some sci-fi elements in it too. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's really well done. Um, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of that too. But yeah, besides movies... I've been watching all these random animated shows just to pass the time nowadays. Cause, yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. I did pick up a Captain Underpants book today <laughs> like from my childhood. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, classics. One of right? my favorite so superheroes. Cla- so yeah. classic, and I like they're so odd, but at the same time, I like totally get why I liked it. Oh yeah. Um, it's they're in a way like really smart and just really really funny. In elementary for chi- school, like, for children, you know. Yeah. Right. In elementary school, we would have like reading times where you had to pick a book from. Like the bookcase, I always went straight for yeah. the Captain Underpants. Yeah. And immediately I would show all the other, all my classmates that I'm a, the coolest kid by pulling <laughs> out my Captain Underpants Volume 5 Curse yeah, of... Everyone the, was so jealous. Curse of the Lunch Ladies and Zombie Kids or whatever it was. That's like <laughs> the only one I have, but I, I remember I own most of them. Wow. That's yeah, there's a lot of value to them. Yeah. No, there. I think there's a lot of good, uh, good kids content when you're growing up that still holds up as an adult. It's a um, if we're just throwing those out there. Rocco's Modern Life is another is another show that holds up as an adult too, and it's it's actually more relatable as an adult. Um, oh. You just see Rocco going through his just daily worries, anxieties, and uh, and depressive states. It's so relatable. Uh, nice. nowadays that That's almost cool. yeah it's almost not a kid's show but uh one of the reasons why i mentioned family guy is because i saw a post from someone saying like i am so bored during quarantine i've been watching fucking family guy. <laughs> <laughs> see if there weren't so many other shows at my disposal on like hulu then i i probably would also be watching family guy it's on like three different channels all the time constantly that's one of those shows where like in high school when i was at my laziest just the laziest (laughs) moods i would binge family guy on like tbs (laughs) oh yeah i like tuesdays and thursday nights and just sit there for four hours watching family guy and getting the dumbest mood ever it, yeah, that is. It's a very lazy show. That it is. It's perfect for for, for those like moments. Fourteen year old dudes. Yeah. Oh like yeah. Between the age of fourteen and sixteen, I feel like it's like the perfect sense of humor. Yeah, and end of middle school and first half of high school. That's that yeah. is peak Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those that doesn't hold up. Yeah. Uh, since you were talking about shows that hold up yeah i've actually i've read a lot into how uh like the simpsons and south park guys think of uh family guy and they all pretty much hate them and <laughs> i used to be like ah, i think i feel like they're too like harsh and family guys like there there's no like actual comedy or jokes they just do like cut scenes like they say, oh, it's like the time I went to the diner and there was yeah, a yeah. <laughs> bearded lady. And then they go back and, it's yeah. like sitting in line at 7-Eleven with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I want the Slurpee. Yeah. And it's like, ha, yeah, ha, ha. Said, yeah. 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 I want this. He says, I want the Slurpee 10 times. Give me the big gulps. Like I want your big gulps. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. oh, my God. Classic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I haven't really got into family guy much uh later in my life like now but yeah no well along with all of that we also watched some movies 
So uh Yeah. This uh, this episode is sponsored by the Criterion Channel. Yes, thank you for your generous sponsorship. Criterion. In a way with what we're doing, we should be we should get job offers with the Criterion Channel being one of those those video moderator people. Yeah. I mean, we're we're bringing them so much business. So they got to kick some back to us, you know. Full-time job. We'll we'll watch Criterion movies and talk about them. Yeah. Yeah, if they offered me 10,000 a year, I would take it. <laughs> yeah. I would too. That's a very good deal. I think both parties, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd struggle I I'd, I'd eat mac and cheese every day for that. But you'd be living but, the dream. Uh, yeah, this All right. Well, should we uh, should we get into one of our crossover ones first, or do you want to start with some individ? Individ. <laughs> either, either way, um, I we can start with uh, Delicatessen because I because uh, I just watched it. Yeah, let's one do that. One of the films leaving at midnight at midnight tonight. Yes. And. This is one that I have been wanting to see for a while, um, simply because every now and then I'm just in the in the mood for something really weird, something I yeah, have yeah. burping right now and we're, and we're live. But uh, and yeah, this is one that I've seen. You can't hide it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I can't edit that part <laughs> out. Uh, and and uh, this is one that's always been recommended when I've searched online. Uh, and so I watched it and it's very much in line with other quirky stylistic French movies. I think I've seen like, it reminded me a lot of, it has nothing to do with Amelie, that movie where everyone knows the picture of Audrey Tateau. Same, uh, same director. I don't, is right? it really? Jean, John, John Pierre. That wouldn't surprise me. I believe, me. I believe he directed Amelie. Yeah, it is the same remember. director. Yeah, that's exactly it. why it reminded it, me of that. It <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly why it reminded me of that. Uh, it also it reminded me of uh, I guess Michel Gondry too. He he's done some kind of weirder, um, stylized movies. The only movies Michel like Gondry this. movie I've seen is uh, uh, Green Hornet. <laughs> so, really, I believe. I, have you seen Eternal uh, Eternal Sunshine? Oh yeah, I've seen that. Okay, yeah. I uh I've I've seen another one called Mood Indigo, which is like a kind of a romantic comedy, but there's a bunch of weird shit that happens and and goes on in it. So I uh, I feel like French French people like the weird artsy stuff like that. Uh, at least that's my yeah, assumption. Yeah, kind of. This is very like French absurdist stuff. Kind of remind yeah. me of a Yorgos Lanthimos movie ah. a bit. Because uh, I haven't watched a lot of stuff quite like this where it's a lot about just the world um just building a weird world and uh so when i yeah like yorgos is very unique to me in that sense so that's why i thought i'm like oh it's kind of like yorgos to me yeah definitely that's a good uh good point i didn't think about that it's like funny and dark and uh but it also has a good sense of character and story uh, mm -hmm. as it goes on yeah, it's a very, very dark concept. And at the same time, I was lost a lot of the times. <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> said that because I was happening too. sometimes. I found myself 
throughout the most most of the movie i was enjoying it because of the quirkiness uh and just this is very different than uh than most things and uh i also many parts was confused as to who was who and what was going on but um which i think is the only like detractor from my enjoyment of the movie uh was that i think the the bulk of the things i liked was just the weirdness of it um, yeah 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 but it, but it I'm is like what is that like there's a guy with like a worm on his like eyebrow in like a <laughs> shot i think something like that like indescribable was like i was just like what was that I, that's a, it's it's hard to describe i wouldn't know how to how to describe it to someone if yeah. i was interested in watching it like people who may be listening but it, it's a, definitely a very like dark concept of feeding uh people human re- remains and in cooking human remains and all of that but uh but yeah. it is comedic too so yeah yeah it does pull that off it does com- pull off the uh yeah and it, it builds like a really good post-apocalyptic as- atmosphere as well and uh yeah, overall, I don't think, like, I loved it or anything, but, um, like, it kind of, I, I at the beginning, I was almost kind of like, ugh, I gotta, like, sit through this now, but it <laughs> almost, like, won me over as I, like, started to, as I just kept sitting through it, um, mm-hmm. just because there was a lot of things where I was like, all right, that's, that, that's pretty hilarious, and I thought it, I thought it, like, really built to some, like, a, like a, uh, just really legit ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. ending. Yeah, it legit ended. Yeah. 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 Well, like as the water, as the water explodes, they're all like banging on the door outside. Um, the water explodes, and the wife goes after her husband, and then the dude just has a knife in his head. It's just like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just thought it ended very well. Yeah. And a lot of times when movies end well, they kind of win me over. Yeah, there was so much chaos in the end that I was definitely uh, on board for that. Uh, that yeah, it was just so much was being destroyed, and uh, it seemed seemed a lot of fun to be on set right then. Uh, yeah, I definitely like the ending too. <laughs> yeah, because there's so many just like random, uh, like more so vignettes before, and so it's almost hard to like. Uh, and plus, it's a just a new world so it's it's i think it's easy to uh get confused yeah absolutely during the beginning yeah but uh i'm glad i watched it though because it's i think it's one that if you're into it you're uh it'll pique your curiosity just reading about the movie yeah so. yeah i feel like yeah. people who are like gonna turn on delicatessen are not gonna be disappointed because if you're already down to watch it <laughs> yeah and you means you're a, you're a weirdo already, so yeah. <laughs> you'll be down with this. But uh, Delicatessen is also in that like glorious food collection, I oh. believe, on the Criterion Channel. And yeah, so uh, one of the reasons why when you said you wanted to watch this, I was like so down for it was because I've wanted to watch all of the movies in that. Um, I say I was slightly disappointed that this wasn't like about deli meat or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> just because that's what I expected it to be about. Because mm. uh, all the other films in it are so uh, 
they're so direct about like being about food like tampopo uh is just straight uh, a girl learning to make ramen and uh stuff like that so when this was kind of more just like uh based around a society that you know a, a landlord that feeds uh people people to people <laughs> i was i was like oh okay that's not totally what i was expecting but i get it yeah it's uh, it it definitely didn't feel like it was a food movie by any no, means. No, that's kind of <laughs> what you're. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm thinking more of like a butcher shop when I yeah. think of uh, delicatessen. I'm thinking of a guy slicing uh, salami. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still want to watch the rest of uh, this co- uh, this collection, and I highly recommend if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Ang Lee's. Uh, uh, eat, drink, man, woman, because uh, that movie is fantastic. Okay, I gotta see that one then. And it's and it's about like food, actually. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to see Tampopo uh, for so long, but I I keep uh, forgetting that it's on there. Too, so I... <laughs> yeah, as you as we do with everything. Yeah, there's just there's so much, so I always forget. Yeah, that's okay. Wait, what's the Angly one? Eat, drink. Eat, drink, man, woman. Man, woman. Oh, that's a very simple title. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 2001, 2002 movie. Cool. Nice. Yeah, that's Delicatessen. Uh, Luke, we have, a, we have a message here. Oh, what do we got here? Uh, this is a uh, Jacob Mueller. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, he says, uh, yo... I watched Chinese Roulette the other day on Criterion Channel, and it was a brilliant and bonkers class study in usual fast-bender fashion. I also watched What's Up Doc yesterday. Bogdanovich. Uh, so this brings up a couple things. One, I don't I don't know what Chinese Roulette is. I don't know if you've seen that. But... Uh, yeah, 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 I haven't seen it, but I know the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Fast-bender, yeah. Uh, I, and something I just realized now is that I never got to what's up doc yeah which, you missed what's up doc there's a chance you can get to it after this on uh with your california time your convenient Pacific california time. time yeah who knows yeah everyone if... else has a little more time to finish off all the movies <laughs> that are leaving the criterion channel yeah. at midnight tonight um east coast only has four minutes right now so so get to that quick. I don't know if that Fassbender is leaving necessarily, but uh, What's Up Doc is leaving. And yes. I watched it last week, and I fucking loved it. And um, I knew that uh, I knew that Jake would love it too, and I knew uh, I definitely think you will love it too as well. Um, so, yeah, that's a good, good plug by... Our anonymous uh, commenter, yeah. I don't know who it is. Um, Just a young fan and, out there. Yeah, yeah. and I th- I've i seen one Fassbender movie uh, called uh, Fear of Fear. Um, he's a German director, and he knows how to, uh, definitely knows how to frame shots very well with great <laughs> set design, and that's mostly what I took from Fear of Fear. Uh, I thought it was brilliant in that sense. Uh, and I, that one is not leaving the Criterion channel. Uh, so we don't have to talk about that one too much. We got uh, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I can go into uh, something I watched 
uh, this yeah. past week then. What do you got? I watched a um, I watched another 2020 flick uh, to start this week, going with my breaking down the weeks with like modern stuff and then weird, uh, a little more crazy stuff from the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Uh, so I watched The Invisible Man, which, uh, nice. you know, just everyone's been talking about it. Uh, <laughs> it's all the rage. <laughs> yeah, it's all of it. Uh, and it meets all the hype, I will say. Uh, the Invisible Man is awesome. Um, it's like probably one of my uh, more favorite horror movies in the last few years, definitely. Nice. Uh, it takes a, a great play on kind of just uh, – it has a lot of good ideas on, like, uh, women being in uh, in abusive relationships and how they're uh, portrayed as crazy a lot of the times when they mm-hmm. come forward. And it, it plays a lot off that um, while also just being a really entertaining uh, horror flick that's really well made and has a great just – really scary horror atmosphere from the get-go um and always 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 just kind of looks like something's about to happen just always building suspense uh and every actor is also uh, super likable and um per- and elizabeth moss gives a great performance uh yeah i had no quarrels with it overall and just had a great time nice i've uh i've heard a lot of good things about the invisible man um well one it's been a big deal because the studio you know put it up for 20 bucks on demand as like a home home theater option because it was still supposed to be in theaters i think when the shelter in place started so um yeah i'm interested to see how like like the business side of that how well it's done Um, yeah it's got a lot of Despite buzz. Despite all yeah. that, it still feels it feels good to like check out the 2020 movies, like however you, you can. Yeah, and I've been uh, I've been actually I've been wanting to see The Invisible Man so bad, but uh, <laughs> in all honesty, I keep seeing I keep checking on my PS4 like almost every day to see if it's gone down from 20 bucks to be like the regular rental price, and and it hasn't yeah. been, and I I keep I keep <laughs> checking that. Uh, we got so I've been watching all these 2020 movies through uh, like these family movie nights where I have other people around who are willing to pay the high high price. So mm-hmm. I I get lucky from that. Yeah, I just I just got one other person and a dog, and uh, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think they're fucking, into it. Yeah, fucking useless. <laughs> yeah. Come on, <laughs> they don't do anything for me. Yeah, they never want to watch anything. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we have a, we got another comment from uh, from someone who also um, paid the twenty dollars to uh, to check out the Invisible Man, Brandon Bett. Oh, that. that's my uh, that's another family member of mine, my my cousin. There we go. He said a shocking early year horror film. I paid the twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so he paid the twenty. It sounds like it's worth yeah. it to pay the twenty. I that... think um, from looking at his letterbox, I think he's one of those who's he's just very down to pay the money as long as it's something that was out recently. Um, he's very about staying relevant. That guy. So nice. Well, that's that's good. It sounds like I should just pony up and pay. 
the 20 bucks to see it rather than keep waiting because yeah uh, yeah, I mean, yeah I'll, I'll shout out brendan again since he was so kind to comment uh and i've told you the, uh, this about him already but this man drove uh across the uh rural areas of michigan to <laughs> michigan <laughs> to go see uh the lighthouse and paris oh yeah yeah uh yeah he went to go see he told me about this he went to go see it uh at like like I think he, I swear he said he saw it at like seven or eight in the morning, uh, and it was like alone in the in the theater in a small town, uh, watching the lighthouse and Parasite. Um, wow. Which to some people, you know, you're like, wow, that makes him sound like you know he sounds like an insane person. But to people like us, we're like, wow, that is. Uh, beautiful ambition and just yeah. uh his priorities are in the right place i'm tearing up right now that is a oh <laughs> just a beautiful I'm, story yeah, yeah i'm glad i could lift your spirits <laughs> i've never been to a, a movie quite that early in the day but i will say yeah. i i love going to movies at like 10 30 11 a.m because you're there and it's just it's just old people and everyone's just there like we just want to see a good movie you know on our and it's yeah. cheaper it's the matinee price i remember we saw jan pollock at 10 in the morning oh yeah we did <laughs> the festival days yeah denver film festival the festival days yeah, yeah. uh oh and, we and got it's, and it felt like work to go as well i, rem- I remember your wife carly was like we're in the elevator like get, heading down to you know go over there and she was your wife was like oh i need coffee you know it just felt like a job you know (laughs) and and none of us really liked the movie yeah it was kind of a bummer it's always fun to go to see a screening for you know like the festival but yeah especially when we're you know we had you know high esteemed uh media passes uh yeah we had, you know, the, we had to schedule it around, uh, you know, her schedule and my schedule because because I wanted to make sure that she got to uh, to a movie, too. And yeah, we could have we could have definitely found a different a different movie to go to at a different time. But, you know, <laughs> you live and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's another comment on the yes. board. So, so Brendan followed up uh, 8 a.m. Oh, okay. 8 a.m. show. One and a half hour drive alone in the theater, worth it. I like Brendan; he's very to the point. Eight <laughs> yeah, a.m. show, yeah. one and a half hour drive. Yeah, sentence, sentence by sentence mm-hmm. uh, breakdowns. Yeah, that's great though. I I personally love hearing stories like that because um, when we used to live in Colorado, I you know I lived like a tenth of a mile away from a movie theater, so could right. easily just you know go anytime I wanted uh, and it'd be a fairly empty theater and uh yeah that was great i would love that stuff i never had to go uh an hour and a half thankfully but yeah and i always talk about in chicago this weekend i (laughs) saw this movie at this theater because it's out and it's not out where you are and i'm always like that um especially this past year where there's so many good movies and i know um you know if you're in a small town like uh him uh where he lives in like you don't get a lot of them you get uh a lot of the original uh movies that are out you get all of like the 
Avengers movies or Star Wars and an anime, maybe a, ch- a children's movie. A lot of the movies that are uh, lucrative, mm-hmm. they're yeah. deemed lucrative, so they're willing to distribute it to a small town like it. So I, for someone to him who's willing to support original movies nowadays, uh, which uh, few people uh, fucking are, uh, and he's <laughs> he's willing to drive that far. It's like, you know. He's a hero. <laughs> yeah, he is a hero. Yeah. I, we salute Brandon. Brendan. Brendan. Sorry, I always get the Brendan, Brandon names wrong. Brendan, yeah. We salute you. <laughs> my uh, my dad's cousin owns a theater uh, in small town Iowa. And... That has never come up, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, how has that never come up? <laughs> yeah. I've only been to it once. And it, we, I... we saw the Santa Claus 2 back when okay. that was in theaters, yeah. But uh, and, and I mean the theater the theater is packed, but it's always like you know just the one or two biggest movies at the time, and then everyone in the in like the the town and the close by area comes by. They all line up, and it's great. But yeah, they're they I highly doubt that they showed, you know, Parasite, or uh, or anything other than Disney movies. What um, kind of a theater year. is it exactly? Just like a small town type. Very small, like the, local, independent. Like the Glen thing. Allen Theater, you know what I mean? Yeah. By the train stop, they like own, that type of thing. They, they, I think they have two actual, um, what do you call them, I guess, theaters? or Yeah, like what know, are those yeah, types? It's of one theater, but they called, have two uh, screening Yeah, rooms. like is it uh, like a twin theater? Kind of, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, saying two theaters sounds like they have two separate locations. It's just one one movie theater where they have two screens, two screens. There, yeah. Maybe that's it. Um, so yeah, you got you get two choices of a movie um, every weekend. So yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, it's nice because in those communities, there's still like a you know a, a lot of people would go to see um, you know Star Wars or the Avengers in just right. their local theater, which is nice. All but, the small towns people going yeah. like, let's see what happens in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, let's see <laughs> this indie movie. Yeah, Why do like, we get these are... indie movies here? Yeah, but yeah, they're not getting they're not getting Parasite or uh, you know Portrait of a Lady on Fire or anything like that at those theaters. But no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, nice. What so movie what were we I... just talking about? I was talking about the Invisible Man. <laughs> oh yes, the Invisible Man. Yes. Okay. Which I'll end it since I'll yeah I'll just end the Invisible Man talk. The Invisible Man is really fucking good. Now, yeah. Now, one of your one of your films now, John. All right. Well, I might just have to to spend. I don't have as many movies as last weekend as well. Yeah, you know what? I, this I started off this week really strong, and I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna I'll probably watch like two movies a day." Uh, and then <laughs> my workload was like we were like cruising at like twenty miles an hour in a school zone, and then this week hit, and it's we're on the autobahn going like. 80 miles an hour so I, I i slowed down unfortunately but i still i still got a few uh notable ones to bring up first one i'll say is uh the bling ring which is i believe you see sophia coppola's uh sophia coppola spring breakers in a way <laughs> yeah yeah and uh the first or just first initial thoughts on it is those kids suck <laughs> That's, yeah they're uh dumb yes when i think of like kids who grew up in uh like la or orange county southern california i i that's kind of the stereotype i think of 
and the but these kids have just like severe mental issues i think that because uh, it's it's based on a true story of anyone who doesn't know yeah that, uh, these uh teenagers in la would find out when celebrities were going to be you know off um on some trip or for some event internationally or whatever and then they go rob their house a lot of it was like paris hilton yeah i knew that there was a crime element to it i just like mm-hmm. but when i i just don't re- all i remembered before you brought that up was like the vibe and mm-hmm. uh yeah and just like the stat the satire yeah aspect. but yeah now you just yeah you brought it all back yeah and they go try on like Paris Hilton stuff, and they're like, "I get to live like her for a weekend." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I thought so. Emma Watson is like the big, the big star in this, and she, I, yeah, she's one of the big like dumb ones in it too. Yeah. yeah, she does a really good job. She was great at being a really dumb, uh, you know, Southern California girl uh, who gets you know gets everything from her parents, and uh, apparently that girl in real life and her mom had a reality show, you know, after she got out of jail. She spent, like, a couple months in jail or something. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and then turned into a reality show, and it was, like, horrible. And I we and Carly and I watched clips of the reality show after we watched this just to kind of see. And, uh, yeah, Emma Watson did a great job portraying yeah. her. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I wouldn't necessarily say I... Uh, uh, I loved loved the movie. I felt like it was um, uh, almost a good good story. Obviously, a compelling real life thing that happened. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't just personally get that much out of out of watching it. But um, it's a really interesting story that I'm glad I know more about now. And uh, it was still fun, uh, yeah, fun to watch and, and see. I think it's hard to like uh not get totally turned off by uh what you're watching because it's like yeah because it's like meant i think that's part of the point of the movie mm-hmm. um so yeah i think usually i i like kind of when i think of sophia coppola's uh directing catalog and which i have now seen all of them except for the the latest one that is supposed to release uh maybe in the next year with um Bill Murray and uh, um, oh yes yeah and uh, uh, what is that called? I, I forget. <laughs> um, uh... Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. Um, I think Rashida Jones plays the daughter of Bill Murray in the movie. On the rocks. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I so I've seen a lot of her work, and a lot of her work, like I'd say, this is the most radical, and uh, the Bling Ring is the most radical and uh, satirical of her work for sure, and the prob- and um, definitely also the one I forget about the most that <laughs> exists, um, because it is so different from the rest of her movies. The rest of her movies are very much more about. Um, well, I, I, this movie's about mood, too, but it's also very... It, it's not as chill as the others. Um, and so and, and so I think... Um, I think there's just... And I think it was like it, it was like a movie where it was like an intense... Uh, kind of an intense social commentary-like thing about celebrities and, like, L.A. and stuff like that. And I feel like I've Definitely. seen a lot like that. So I kind of... 
I kind of it kind of it, it kind of fell out a little bit. It didn't completely fall out, but it somewhat did. Mm. Yeah, and it's definitely different than other things she's done. I've I've seen um, Lost in Translation and Virgin Suicides. I think those are the only other two I've yeah, seen. By her, yeah, and but I like, they're very I different. Like, like I like Virgin mm. Suicides and Lost in Translation like a lot more for sure. They're a lot Great. more yeah. uh, memorable uh, to me. Yeah. Um, as well as Maria Antoinette and um, I don't know if you've seen The Beguiled. I haven't um, seen. That's a recent one too, right? That movie's great. I haven't yeah, seen The Beguiled. Um, no. It's got like Nicole Kidman, uh, Kirsten Dunst, um, all these great female actresses. Um, Ella Fanning, I believe, and Colin Farrell as like this guy, as the dude who kind of they all become obsessed with uh, a kind of an isolated uh, uh, civil war like house. And, and, and it's just like a great like character dynamic uh, with a lot of good humor. Um, I would also recommend somewhere uh, Sophia Coppola is somewhere. It's kind of a little like lost in translation because it's an actor. Um, it's like a guy playing an actor in it um, who's kind of like unfulfilled and, and depressed and, uh, and so you, somewhere, and it's but it's also unique in its own right. So I highly recommend somewhere as well. Cool. Well, I'm gonna yeah, add so that to my list the, then. That that's the bling, the bling ring. That's the bling ring. That is it. When going crazy, John was with watching the bling ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's one where you have to. I don't know. I do this, which some people might find annoying, but watching a movie where it's about. Uh, you know real life events that's so specific like this i i have my my phone up like looking up stuff mm. about those events at the same time uh yeah I, that part really interested me and i thought it was it's a it's really like fascinating story uh when you look more into it but uh yeah bling ring all right yeah. should we go to performance yeah, let's do performance. I just kind of said it. I didn't even. <laughs> There's no reason to do that one next. To just let's just do it. Have to do one next. Yeah. Yeah. So performance is a Nicholas Rogue movie, uh, starring Mick Jagger, and um, <laughs> I was looking at the cover to see who else is starring. It says Mick Jagger and Mick Jagger, um, but it's also starring uh, James Fox. Oh, that is weird. That poster is. I... The poster is cool. It is. I don't see what they're going for though with that, Mick Jagger. And well, I mean, I kind of do, but I almost feel like that's a bit of a spoiler. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into that. Um, it's a spoiler, I guess, but it's also this movie. I also is. I don't think. I don't think that you can really spoil this movie. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, I, maybe it's <laughs> not. Maybe I'm wrong. I, um, but I do think James Fox was good enough in it to, to at least give him some credit on the poster. Right, he is half the <laughs> half the film. Yeah. Um, so I'll read the description uh, before we dive in. Um, See them all in a film about fantasy and reality, vice and versa. Young gangster Chaz Devlin seeks refuge from the mob in a basement belonging to a reclusive, fading rock star Turner. Wow. Had you told me that was um, 
Had you just read that plot description and not said what movie it's about, I don't think I would have guessed it was about performance or anything. Yeah. <laughs> performance was a was quite a trip. It's I, so wild. Uh, Nick Rogue is definitely uh, definitely on my radar now after um, this year seeing Don't Look Now for the first time. Which oh I yeah, really that's loved. the one you watched. Okay, because there's another mm-hmm. one on the. That is leaving the channel at midnight tonight yeah. called The Man Who Fell to Earth. Um, and I thought you would watch that one just because I knew you had watched another one. But uh, so Don't yeah. Look Now is the one you've seen. Yeah, Don't Look Now. Which... And I forgot. You mentioned it. I forgot how you th- what you thought of it. I love Don't Look Now. I okay. thought it was really great. Um, and it yeah, it made me want to – just that one made me want to watch more Nick Rogue. So I was definitely on board for this one. Uh, I think there's another one on – another Nick Rogue movie on Criterion 2 um, that may or may not be leaving. But, uh, yeah, this this was a very strange trip that I wasn't exactly sure what I had just watched after it was over, but I knew that I was I, yeah. in it. I was very much yeah. into it. Yeah, it, like, had – in a way, it was its uh, very much its own unique thing, but there were, like, small things that – reminded me of other movies like the ending of it reminded me of this robert altman movie i saw three women where um and also um persona a little bit too Mm. um where just kind of the meshing of of people and their spirit and personalities is done as the film goes on as like sort of and the and how the film has sort of a um, a dreamlike mystical quality uh, throughout. Um, that being said, I do not fully understand performance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make no. it sound like I do, but because it is so wild and there's so much, uh, uh, I feel like there's so much that is being uh, said in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I felt stylistically. Um, this movie just kept me in it just from its crazy style uh, throughout. Um, there's just so much awesome shots and like tricks with editing uh, yeah. throughout that I'm, I was like, whoa, that was cool. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's a lot of like Mick Jagger is also really, in- his character is really interesting in it. Um, just how weird and dark he is. And, um, while uh, the ending is it, it's a similar ending to movie. Uh, it's not the first time this is done in a film. I, I definitely didn't see it uh, coming, and it definitely uh, gave me uh, gave me some mild uh, chills at the end, as like kind of that two thousand one a space odyssey like horror music is kind of pouring over, it and the car drives off in the end. It was yeah, yeah. That, it's hard to describe this movie without not being like this was a trip performance. <laughs> yeah, you know that's like literally what it's meant to be. It kind of um, explains a lot on why a lot of um, some of my friends in uh, that in film school liked it a lot because it's right up their alley. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a movie that you kind of just have to sit back and let it happen and yeah. not worry about really understanding everything that's going on because in the beginning i thought it was a crime movie like i just figured it was this crime movie you know this guy is um i guess a gangster yeah and he's in uh 
Um, and there's really cool scenes too in the beginning, um, cool action scenes that I that felt yeah, very yeah. much like a Guy Ritchie movie. Where James, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, or like Reservoir Dogs or Reservoir something Dogs like that. too, like, yeah. like where James Fox is doing some torture shit and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's very reminiscent of something like that. And the scene where the guy has him like tied up or whatever, and he he ends up escaping and crawling. Um, to like the bathroom and he uh and he turns around with a gun i was like whoa like, holy yeah. shit like that's that's cool yeah and that i was like this, yeah this seems like a modern like guy Ritchie, quentin tarantino movie so, um, yeah totally um yeah really cool but then as it progresses but, it just but then gets you weirder. realize <laughs> that mick jagger's whole like universe is like another dimension yeah and then you're, you know, like there's no part of it that ever feels like it's uh, uh, based in reality. Yeah, right. Well, as soon as you sort of get more introduced to Mick Jagger's character and just that whole realm with, uh, you know, the, the two girl, the menage a trois type yes. stuff that's going on, it's it yeah. gets, starts getting so <laughs> weird. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, then I was I was just really not sure what was going on, but yeah, like <laughs> I, I remember you said before too, like the I don't know, just the visuals of and uh, the the editing of it and how everything was just very yeah. dreamlike was there's still so captivating. Partial parts of the screen that are being like intercut, like just they're like cutting like half the screen, yeah, and like while someone's walking, and I'm just like. Why? Why did that happen? Yeah. That? yeah, yeah, but like, there's I don't I feel like there's not one shot that isn't incredibly stylized. Mm, yeah, that there's a lot of thought that went into just those minor details. I think. Yeah, there's like even like a shot of like these three guys staring at James Fox at the bar, and they're all kind of see they're kind of floating in and out of yes. frame. Yeah, what I'm talking about. I loved yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I it's just stuff part. like that and. And that, and this is, and I remember this well because I feel like I, the movie, uh, I got a little more lost as the movie uh, um, went on, and so like, and I got used so used to the style that specific points just didn't stick in my head as much, and I was more to, more so just felt a little lost. But um, yeah, I could totally, uh, I, I could totally watch this film again just to figure it out more for sure. I mean. Uh, especially since it's leaving i can't i probably won't anytime soon yeah. but i'll add it to the re the very long rewatch list that yeah that the criterion collection creates i think it deserves a rewatch just to wrap your head around you probably won't uh understand it any better but you'll at least be able to wrap your head around it a little more yeah who knows by the next episode John will have watched performance seven times. <laughs> yes. I'm going to really dissect shot you'll for shot. You'll be wearing a performance t-shirt. What is going on. And yeah. yeah, you'll be a strange guy playing guitar in your corner. Yeah, playing those old like blues songs. Yeah, that There's was a lot of creepy, like, musical too. stuff in this uh, movie that like I almost took for granted because I expected it. Yeah. Because in, 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 it's, it's very based off like the rock star lifestyle and mick jaggers in it so i'm like of course it's gonna that's gonna happen mm-hmm. yeah has mick jagger been in a lot of movies i don't know if i've seen him in anything else i know uh keith richards was of course in pirates of the caribbean but 
Wait, what? Yeah, Keith Richards. He's like, he's uh, getting a. Uh, the producers are talking in my ear. He's Jack Sparrow's dad in Pirates of the Caribbean. I think he's in one of the later movies. Second one. You mean you mean um, Will Turner's dad? No, Jack Sparrow's dad. Right. Jack Sparrow does. I don't think. They, I don't think they show Jack Sparrow's dad. I, I think it's in. Uh, Maybe it's in the the like the one I didn't see. I think it's it's got to be in that one because I. I I for sure know that he's in. And they uh, got Pirates Keith the Richards for that movie. If yeah. it's that one. Keith Richards. Yeah, he's in At World's End. Third one. Third movie. That's I did watch that one. And Jack Sparrow's dad is he, <laughs> what? Yeah, I've got it. We have to. We have to just figure this out for um, the Rolling Stones can- movie canon. Well, because I spent um, three hours watching at World's End. So. Yeah, let's see. Johnny Depp cited Keith Richards' inspiration for Jack Sparrow. Um, at World's End. There's a matter of who would be chosen as Captain Teague, Keeper of the Code, the Pirate Code. For nearly a year, rumors said there would be none other than Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. Okay, this is, this wiki is so uh, confusing to me. He's also in the On Stranger Tides, which wow. is, I think, the weird one afterwards where it's just... Uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. I just like. Yeah, he's in at, it. Yeah. <laughs> at World's End is just such a strange film with so much going on that yeah I I, I don't remember anything I don't remember seeing Keith Richards at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in it. Yeah, I guess. And there's a ton of characters and yeah, wow, I don't. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean he. He does sort of fit that pirate look in those movies. So uh, I'm starting to question what I remember from that movie yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, what I, what was more confusing, performance or Pirates of the Caribbean, Stranger at Tides, End. at World's End, whatever? Was, yeah, I would say in a way they're equal, <laughs> and uh, I think you'd agree if you watched it yes. at World's End because it's very odd. Yeah, I still honestly don't know which. Uh, I, I've for sure seen the first Pirates of the Caribbean and the most recent one, and then one other in between. I think it's the second one, but yeah, I don't. I'd like to think it was the second one. And I'm not, guessing the second one, yeah. Not the third one, but yes. either way. Yeah, so I guess Keith Richards is in that. Wow. Yeah. There you go. There's a there's a fun fact for you. Um, yeah, so that's performance. Yeah. Um, Good one to get in. Good one to get in for sure. Glad I saw it. Didn't know anything about it going in. Glad I saw it. Um, you want to go to one of your individual right. movies? Yeah, so I've got a 2019 flick Ooh. for you. Uh, Dark Waters. The Todd Haynes movie with Mark Ruffalo and Anne Hathaway. About DuPont, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, this movie is really fucking good. <laughs> like, wow. Um, I feel like a lot of the movies... I mean, 2019 was an amazing year. 
I feel like a lot of the movies from 2019 that we've talked about over and over again are in a way trying to um, really differentiate themselves or really like um, almost reinvent the genre they're in or, or just like like they're almost like fighting to stay alive in a time where original movies are dying and where like art house film is dying and they're almost like you know, they feel they need to do a lot to stay alive in today's age and um, almost, in a way, like, trick an audience to watching them and uh, and liking them when they're really smart films, in a way. Um, and Dark Waters is very, on the other hand, is really traditional and just a very classically told, well-told movie. Um like something like this movie could have been made in the thirties or forties. Um, like it's just using those same basic techniques. It's just like great acting and just like great writing and, um, a lot of care put into the story. Um, like this movie just really, um, from the get go, just really, you just get so mad at this corporation (laughs) (laughs) and, um, and a lot of it's done through the performances of the people who um, are affected, um, as well as uh, Mark Ruffalo's um, investi- investigations. Um, yeah, it's in a way it's unique by the way by the fact that it's just like not as unique as a lot of the movies that were in my top 10 of 2019 mm. but it like of movie quality it's just so it's just like one of the best because it's just so it's just like good in a classic way nice um and and like it's a, it's like a type of film that a lot of a lot of us have seen before but it's just done really well so it's I feel like everyone is is just uh, encaptured by it. Uh, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I highly th- recommend it. I think I remember seeing a trailer for it when I saw Parasite, maybe. And I thought that. I thought, like, oh, it's, you know, I feel like I've seen that movie a bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know right? if I'll go it see it. It's really typical, and I feel like typical nowadays is not what's bringing us in. We're more like... We're more like, oh, there's this parasite movie that's like, it's nothing. There's nothing like it. Let's see that. And like, Uncut Gems is like, got Adam Sandler. It's like the most entertaining movie ever, and just like that type of shit. And yeah, you and and this movie is just so um, basic at its core. But um, I was blown away. Yeah. Nice. Cool. That okay. That's that's getting me interested in watching it because I definitely. Yeah. I didn't think it would be a bad movie from seeing the trailer, but I just think like, ah, eh, you know, I probably probably seen it before. At the mo- yeah, you're like thinking at the it. most, it's probably like, eh, you know, yeah, that type of thing. Like, I think it's similar to what I said about Richard Jewell, how I described Richard Jewell last week. Um, except I would say Dark Waters is way better, and it's yeah, right. with all due respect to Richard Jewell. Did it? Uh, did it make your? top 10 for 2019 i don't know i didn't edit it yet or anything <laughs> i feel like that's tough. i don't know maybe i will eventually mm-hmm. but it 2019's it's a long past so i haven't done <laughs> i haven't looked at the list yet and put in dark waters well or richard duel 2020 is going to be a weird uh weird list here so yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, Especially after what we just did, who knows what the twenty uh, twenties list is going to be like? Yeah. Well, the I mean, the Oscar nominees are going to be The Invisible Man and Trolls World Tour. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the Trolls World Tour. That's the race for Best Picture right there. So nice. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'll get into uh, one of mine, which is a movie from the year 2000, 20 years ago. Uh, a movie that you would think, would, because of the comedic power, would be so funny. Uh, and it just really wasn't, but uh, it's still a fun watch. Uh, it's a movie called Screwed, which stars Norm MacDonald, Dave Chappelle, and Danny DeVito. <laughs> so it's a random what a weird powerhouse what ever. a weird cast yeah but so random three guys i really love so i had to, i had to check it out it's an 81 minute movie on netflix oh, <laughs> that's good at so least. perfect for if you're like i just want to watch something mindless and it's like it's like really young dave Chappelle, oh, like mm-hmm. right bef- like before the show before the first the first hour i yeah. believe too like i i saw the cover of this movie uh when you logged it and it looked like you know half-baked age Dave Chappelle. yeah i think it's uh, i think it's just after um like nutty professor when he had that small part in that movie and then uh yeah right before Chappelle's show so sort of a weird period for dave Chappelle. and then this would have been like right after norm mcdonald was on uh, I think there's a joke in Chappelle's like first Netflix special where he says like, "You've seen the movies I make" or something like that. <laughs> so it's a good, uh, good yeah. tie to this, which I I believe I'm going to hear uh, that this wasn't very good. No, but you see, okay, so a little, I'll, I'll give it a little story. So the really the big star of this is Norm Macdonald. It's really it's all about him and his character, uh, and he's he's in almost every scene. But uh, when I when I was in when we were living in Denver when we first moved there I had I worked at this startup that was just the most defeating job in the world I hated it but every day when I came home I would just watch clips from the Norm Macdonald podcast he used to have a video podcast and I would just watch clips on that and that just got me through it because Norm has this way of saying things that aren't funny but anybody else saying them it just sounds like the dumbest thing ever but when norm mcdonald says them it's actually like a little bit funny which is the the like dark things no no not even dark things just completely stupid jokes that just Uh, aren't funny in the slightest able to make stupid things work but the the way norm delivers them it's it's like he know he knows this is stupid he knows this isn't really funny but the way he delivers yeah. them it's just with a like, self-awareness and yeah. yeah i like that shit nobody else could do it but him i think so it yeah, kinda, i need to get more i need to get a little more into norm uh for sure i think if you watch that as well yeah just watch some clips on he's a stand-up special on netflix is that do you recommend that yeah yeah it's called like hitler's dog uh or something like that it's yeah that's really good um, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Norm fan, um, and it kind of brought me back to that time when I like I would just watch his clips on YouTube that got me through. Right, having, oh, having to go to this job yeah. I hated, and because it because there are definitely several lines in this movie where 
it's just not funny at all but i still i still thought it was slightly funny just because of the way norm delivered the line or would say ah. it um and yeah it's re- it's really stupid it's just a really stupid move <laughs> oh, I guess... so who is dave Chappelle norm's friend yeah he's the friend uh, is, who gets what about devito what is he so in here trio i'll go over the the plot summary so screwed is uh, a chauffeur kidnaps his rich boss's dog to hold it for ransom but when she accidentally gets the dog back she thinks that it's the chauffeur who's been kidnapped so basically norman and dave Chappelle put this whole plan in place like there's just these two losers norm's the chauffeur for this rich lady and they put this plan together to kidnap her dog and then you know hold it for ransom and then get the ransom money for it but what ends up happening is the lady gets the dog back and i honestly can't even remember how because uh, it doesn't really matter but uh she does and the whole story is that because norm doesn't show up for work you know the next day so the whole story is that norm was kidnapped and that these kidnappers are holding him for ransom for millions of dollars so like norm and dave Chappelle are like, on the phone pretending to be these kidnappers trying to get her to uh to pay the money and then danny devito gets tied into it because they want he's this weird i don't know if he's like a scientist type guy he does these weird (laughs) this just weird stuff and they want got some experiments going yeah yeah he just does some experiments and they want him to fake the death of norm so they basically norm and dave Chappelle are going to move to some island off the grid when, when she pays the ransom money and danny devito is going to um, you know, stage the death of Norm because uh, somehow he he's an expert in that. I guess uh, I really don't remember that much of like the details because it doesn't it doesn't matter at all. It's a very no. stupid movie, and it doesn't um, it, it doesn't explain like it shouldn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all. I, Danny DeVito ends up in the end falling in love with the woman, and uh, it's. Yeah, it's a very dumb movie, but I still think it's uh, worth a Get watch. Get some laughs. Yeah, if you, if you like the people in it and you really just want something absolutely mindless, like you really I've do never not heard have to of this there. movie, but it, it, it would be one of those where if I saw it on IMDb or just on streaming, I would be like, whoa, I got to check that one out. That yeah. one sounds weird as hell. Yeah. Never thought any of these guys would be together just off of that alone, like just off a of cover. Yeah, that's exactly what got me. Just seeing who's in this, I just had to had to see it. But it's uh, it's directed by the guys who. So Scott Alexander and Larry Karashevsky, who they this is the only movie they've ever directed, but they also wrote <laughs> Dolomite is my name, Ed Wood, oh, okay. Man on the Moon, Big Eyes, um, Agent Cody Banks. So they uh, they've directed yeah. like big Hollywood movies, yeah, or uh, written written rather, and then this is the only movie that they've directed. Um, but uh, yeah, which is, and like, it came out before a lot of these movies, and yeah, does it sound like they directed again after? No, yeah, I wonder why for some reason, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a really really dumb movie. You if you are worried about starting a movie because you have to be totally mentally invested, then uh, watch. This isn't screwed. one of those. Yeah, you and don't have to be You said it was 80 minutes, too. Yeah, it's not even like a full 90-minute yeah. motion like picture. Go, sounds yeah. like you can't go wrong. Yeah. It, it's like a, an 80-minute YouTube video that uh, is mildly funny. 
yeah. All right, all right. All right, yeah, Ooh, that's screwed. Sh- should we end on a Criterion? Uh, yeah. I've got one more film. Uh, let's you? see. I also have one more. Yep. Wow, how about that? Perfect. All right. Synergy. So, so my last one is one that I'm looking forward to talking about uh, the most, for sure, out of uh, everything I've watched this week. It is an Adam's... An Adam Sandler movie uh, called Spanglish. Oh, I have not seen Spanglish. Yeah, it's a James L. Brooks movie who, you know, he wrote and directed, and he's a very uh, well-respected writer-director and just big man in the industry. And um, and We talked about him recently on the podcast. Yeah, Yeah. and... um, uh, as good as it gets, I believe. Yep. Yeah, and this movie definitely shares a lot of similar tropes to As Good as It Gets and how it's a lot it's about well off people. <laughs> I'll mm. I'll go so right right off I'll go like Adam Sandler in this movie plays the best chef in America. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, I can they, see it. Because they say that in one scene. They're like, oh my god, this, like, it's his daughter, his daughter's reading a review. It's like, he is the best chef in America. And Adam Sandler goes like, yeah, or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But damn, is this movie really bad? (laughs) Overall, um, the the essential story is... um, there's a there's a Mexican Ingram immigrant and single mother named Flor, who comes to America. Flor, um, Flor. yeah. There there's a, also a big uh, like there's a big thing about that name as she first meets Taya Leone. Um, Taya Leone's you like you mean Flor like the floor I walk on, and she goes like no Flor. Um, <laughs> And, and and so the whole thing about the movie is like this language barrier between Floor and the people she ends up working with, who are Adam, very well off Adam Sandler and Taya Leone. Um, and this woman Floor comes in, not know she does not know how to speak any English, like not a lick. Um, and so she, like on her interview, she has to have a translator with her. And still, like, there is nothing that you could, like, the communication is horrible. It's very much a movie about communication. Um, And Taya Leone in this movie is just absolutely out of her fucking mind. (laughs) Her character is just insane. Um, She just has this weird, like, mom, like anxiety neurotic like thing going and every single and i think the movie's definitely it's definitely meant to be this way but it just doesn't work where every interaction taylor leone is in with anyone her family or with her maid floor it, it is just the most like cringy headache headache inducing dialogue interaction ever uh, <laughs> She's just a. It's partly due to her performance. It's also partly due to that the script is kind of trying to create these um, interactions that 
do not like where two people are just not like connecting at all and that and trying to like show that communication is really complicated um but it just like get through all that it just gives me a headache watching yeah <laughs> every scene Taya leone's in she has like she's she has no chemistry with um adam sandler in the movie uh what's every time they talk i'm just like this is so ridiculous how they're married um there's a sex scene between Taya Leone and Adam Sandler, which is um, one of the weirdest sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, Taya Leone is just kind of like on top of Adam Sandler, and it's one of those where Adam Sandler is like, like, like kind of just observing her, and she's kind of going like, oh, you know, and like her, it's just, it, and it's just really odd. Is it meant to be uh, funny or is? Yeah, totally. I think she's tr- supposed to be like the crazy one and everyone uh, else is supposed to be the straight one around her, but mm. it's not as more funny as it is just kind of infuriating <laughs> to watch and, uh, just really awkward and odd. Um, wow. and, and like every, uh, conversation she has with the maid is, uh, uh, like very borderline offensive. <laughs> uh, like like the, the, there's a scene where she needs to she needs to explain something to her but you know she can't speak spanish so Taya leone goes out on the street with her to find like someone who can speak spanish and he does she does like two doors down a guy working on a car can speak spanish and he translates the conversation um and there's just so much stuff like that like the first ha- for the first half of the movie floor can't uh can't speak any english at all and so you're just watching them like try to talk to her and that's like what the movie is is for like the first half um what also adam sandler does not uh he's he's kind of still a little younger at the time it's like 2008 2009 adam sandler so he Mm. has still has this uh very much a juvenile uh you know thing about him like still a little like uh a childlike thing going from the 90s and it he just like i can't buy that he is a part of this um as a character that he's a part of this like successful more high-end world it just like does not work for me he just still (laughs) seems like a goofball like 90s adam sandler who like would live with his mom yeah wow like the fact that he owns his own uh restaurant and is supposed to be the best chef in America, that he owns a place in like what seems like Beverly Hills and also in like a beach house in Malibu. I just I don't buy. I feel like it's it's very miscasted. Yeah, that I I don't know what to what to take away from uh from this movie. I mean obviously having not seen it, but I just don't think I wanna watch it. <laughs> And so halfway through, Floor starts to learn how to speak English. Um, she's like, she begins to really learn. And so then, and so then it's weird because then she's having like full conversations with Adam Sandler, like on the beach. And it's just odd because before she was not talking at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> that's not how it works. Yeah, that's not how and, and now learning a like language really works. Really connecting. Adam Sandler's like, wow, now I'm having a real conversation with a person besides my wife who net, you know, he did, he never, he doesn't have any connection with at all. And, uh, 
So that do they fall in love and and everything? In the they end? don't. They they form a connection. They don't like fall in love, but mm-hmm. it ends up forming like a complication between uh, Adam Adam Sandler and Tay Leone's uh, union. Hmm. Um, and, I, and there's more, but I won't go into it because it, it's just more complicated stuff that I have to explain. But the last thing I will say is that this whole movie is essentially um, the daughter of Floor. Um, Floor's college essay. So, like, the movie kind of is bookended with college administrators reading her college essay. They kind of start it, and then the whole movie happens, and then at the end, and she's like, and that's why my mom is like this, and that's why I believe my experience is blah, 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 to get into this school. And then you remember, I'm like, wow, all that? <laughs> Was <laughs> for a college essay. It's a shitty essay. It's yeah. un. It's unreal. It's uh. Yeah, this movie is kind of mind-boggling. Wow. And I think it's really like, in a way, like it's just like it. It I give it less points because, in especially in the writing, you could tell that the movie believes it has so much to say. Um, and that every dialogue scene, it's almost like trying to be very calculated um, and and say, have a lot to say, but it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's really hard to get through in that sense. Hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want to watch it after uh, after hearing your recap of it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, I will say that I, I did I did laugh a lot oh, while okay. watching. So I don't know. Maybe that'll motivate sway your way, but you will like be like, "Wow, when is this shit gonna be over?" At the same time, <laughs> but it is so ridiculous. While you were looking, while you were talking about it, I looked up. I just looked up the runtime, and it's 130 minutes. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Oh. Two, it's a two-hour, ten-minute movie. Um, yeah, that thought probably it was gonna be an Oscar contender or something like that. Yeah. I mean, just the the whole language thing. I still keep thinking about because uh, I'm sure most of us have talked to someone who English is not their first language, and it's and even if they've spoken English for uh, a couple of years, it's still hard for them to really express their opinions, fully, right? So that they can have this right. very deep connection when she just learns English like that quickly is. Right, Definitely, and and also yeah. like Taya Leone just throughout has such a lack of respect for that this woman doesn't know English, mm-hmm. um, and I I, w- I will never look at Taya Leone the same way after watching <laughs> this movie. That's for sure. It is one of the weirdest performances I've ever seen. Wow. All right. Well, I guess Spanglish. That's Spanglish. Yeah. Um. I guess to to keep it going on the weird route, uh, the net, the movie that I watched that I'm going to bring up is um, also very weird, but I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's called Jacob's Ladder. Um, Tim Robbins. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's a it's a fairly fairly big movie, um, big '90s movie. At least I, I've heard a lot about it. Heard it's very mind bending and. Uh, and dreamlike and and weird and scary uh, and it definitely is all of those things um i guess i almost don't want to give too much of a of a description of it away because i think i 
I knew so much about it that it gave me these really grandiose expectations that weren't exactly met, but I still really liked it. Um, so if you don't know anything about Jacob's Ladder, it's... So, yeah, according to Letterbox and letter fellow Letterboxers, this movie is really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I, know anything about it, but... Really, yeah, I really liked it. Um, and I'd, I'd heard about it um, from actually other people uh, I know who have been to to film school and and that's something that they really liked and i've I've, yeah i don't know just from pop culture i guess i've I've heard about it but didn't really know what to expect other than i watched the trailer before seeing it and it seemed really really scary uh and it definitely was scary and there's a lot of disturbing things in it um and 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 it's one of those sort of mind-bending what's real what's not real um type things but i I personally think that this is very accessible as opposed to mm. other movies. It's, it's much more accessible than a movie like performance, <laughs> which is really yeah. like, what is, what did I just watch? Um, yeah. Because Jacob's ladder definitely, uh, you know, it weaves reality in with um, sort of other, I, I guess I would just say it, it deals a lot with death and purgatory and, uh, I mean, it has a lot to do with death and acceptance and and reality. And um, I, I think in the end, it's a very obvious ending. And it's funny, I looked up uh, the um, Ebert and Roper, or yeah, Ebert and Roper, um, not Roper, Siskel. Yeah, before Roper. Siskel and Ebert review of Jacob's Ladder. And it's funny because Siskel was like, I couldn't understand anything in this movie and then Ebert was like, "Are you kidding me? This is the most obvious movie ever. Like it was so, it was so clear what happened." And I was, uh, yeah, I was kind of in between, but more with Ebert that I think, yeah. um, while it's a very mind-bending movie throughout, the end is pretty clear, and I think, I think that makes it um, more satisfying in this way. Because I was going back and forth a little bit as to whether I, or not I felt it could have been more ambiguous, but um, it, yeah, it made it seem like a very, it's a very accessible. 90s horror thriller um and i i think tim robbins is great in it uh and tim that, robbins yeah, in the 90s is um it's an unreal uh 90s path killing it yeah definitely uh and he he's just so great in this the the old i guess the overarching uh plot is that tim robbins is this vietnam war vet in the beginning you see him with his platoon in vietnam and they're they get exposed to this you know they're in this battle and um they they all start getting exposed to this like these fumes that's coming through the forest and they all start seeing these weird things and acting all crazy um and so throughout it it kind of seems like tim robbins just has a lot of ptsd and uh and doesn't know how to deal with it and a lot of his platoon mates are dealing with that too but um you know very early on you see uh, you know Tim Robbins wandering through the subway, and the, the subway is going past him, and all these faceless people are are staring at him out the subway, mm. and then like waving at him, and and you see a lot of weird images and uh, just disturbing things like that throughout it, um, and and you go from one one scene where it seems like this is reality, and he's experiencing some sort of vision. And then, you know, he wakes up and then it, it seemed like that was a dream of this other reality. But then it jumps into something, you know, it, it sort of does these little circles around 
reality in a way. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, overall, I really liked it. It definitely it feels like a a '90s thriller. Um, it yeah, it, it felt like a sort of a, a David Fincher movie. Uh, almost from from this era it was very twilight zoney too um ah. definitely could have been a twilight zone episode just take the disturbing like gory stuff down a little bit um oh yeah okay yeah. that's cool that means there's uh, yeah i know what type of horror movie it is now yeah. that's the shit i like it's definitely like just there's really disturbing things in it but at the same time, I think this is a mo- this isn't a movie for you know just like a certain pigeonholed audience. I think, uh, I think it's very accessible. Like I've said, I guess a thousand times in this uh, recap of it. But uh, yeah, J- uh, Jacob's letter, I really, uh, really liked. Um, and I guess I would have liked it. I, I would have liked it maybe more if it was a bit more um, out there and uh, experimental. But at the same time, I felt it was a very mm. it was a satisfying ending. Okay. Um, which sounds which sounds weird that I might have liked it more if it was less satisfying. But uh, yeah, but I, I you know I think it's um, a satisfying ending. You can see where it's going, and it with all this weird dark shit that's going on throughout the whole thing, it, there's uh, there's a little light at the end of it. So yeah, that's Jacob's ladder. I think that's a good segue to our last Criterion Collection movie. Uh, It is. The Eyes of Laura Mars, um, because what you just said is similar to how I felt about The Eyes of uh, Laura Mars uh, with uh, Faye Dunaway, starring Faye Dunaway and directed by Irvin Kirshner, who um, John knows directed The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. I mean... Irvin is uh, just a, a god among men, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. You, John has a Irvin Kirshner po- poster, or a, a poster of Irvin yeah. Kirshner shirtless in the bath, his bath. Hey, oh, whoa, whoa. Hey, that's, that was private, Luke. I told you that in confidence. I didn't think you were going to tell the whole world yeah. about that. Usually you can't. Not many people would even know where they can order their own Irving <laughs> Kirshner shirtless poster, but I made John... it myself. I painted it from memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the eyes of Laura Mars is a seventies, uh, a seventies thriller, uh, with Faye Dunaway and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, and this is one that, like, I just really, I, I personally really wished uh, I liked it uh, more. Yeah. Um, I almost just, like, I, w- I just wish it was directed, written and directed by Brian De Palma, almost. Uh, <laughs> I, had I, mean? that, I had that same thought throughout, that it, it reminded me a little bit of De Palma, but it it didn't go the same direction that I... Yeah, like how you said you wish that Jacob's Ladder was a little more experimental and and uh, not so uh, mainstream. Uh, that's kind mm-hmm. of how I felt about the eyes of Laura Mars. I felt that like I I thought it it got off to a great start. I felt like and I I liked where it was going. I was just like, oh, this is this is gonna be one of those. You know, this is a cool one. I like yeah. going, like at these photo galleries. She's taking these photos and then she starts seeing these visions. I like. I just really liked where it started, but um, I think that especially just by the choice of music 
um, that this movie is bookended with um, <laughs> that very 70s pop stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you like it's clear that this was more so a movie that was uh, trying to uh, like appeal heavily um, to audiences um, and not yeah. be as uh, radical and crazy as someone like Brian De Palma would be. Um, mm mm-hmm. Who just I, I think would be a, a, a director who'd be um, better at exploring something like this. Um, yeah, it. I really I loved the concept. I I really loved the concept going into yeah. it, and I was very, very much invested. Um, once uh, you know you start to see Faye Dunaway getting really disturbed by all these sort of visions that she's having, but then as it kept going i just found myself a little less interested yeah and um about i mean about halfway through i saw the the little twist at the end coming and i so it really it left a bad taste in my mouth at the end um over, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it just over explored the relationship of faye dunaway and tommy lee jones mm-hmm. to me <laughs> yeah. as a way of like um at you know trying to add to the shock value of him being uh the killer the whole time yeah yeah i, I guess i don't even care about spoilers really because it's uh i feel like anyone could uh well could plus catch on to that. it's leaving the criterion channel yeah. at midnight so it does if even if anyone wanted <laughs> to watch it there's almost no chance anymore yeah right so spoilers are out the window spoilers in this live in this live episode yeah but there, so, yeah. So I mean, going with the spoilers, there's just things Tommy Lee Jones said and how he acted. It's like, okay, Tommy Lee Jones is really creepy and weird right now. He's definitely the killer. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got to be the killer. And yeah. then, yeah, and it's it just seemed so obvious there because the guy who they sort of pinned as the killer, I can't remember his character's name, but it was like, okay, he's way too obvious to be to be the killer it's definitely not him that guy's really weird and messed up but can't be him and then yeah i, th- I thought it was really weird how in love genuinely in love uh Tommy lee jones and um faye dunaway were because Tommy lee jones he's just he's like the sadistic serial killer and uh yeah and then it turns out like no but he deep down he really loves faye dunaway and it's like why like i yeah. I, f- I feel like he just wants to kill her but that's didn't seem like the case yeah i just thought the twist could have been a little it was like interesting in a way because it's like just because she can see through the eyes of the killer like you know doesn't Mm -hmm. mean she knows who it is because he's right in front of her face and all that stuff but i don't think like i don't know i don't i just don't think the movie like explored that part of it um as much and uh yeah, yeah i i don't know Wait, why did why was she able to see the killings like from her point of view through the camera? Like, why did they ever go into that really? No, I don't think so. I think it's like <laughs> I think it's supposed to be. I think it's you know obviously supernatural a little bit and fantasy yeah. wise, but like I think it's similar to like, um, and it's definitely not as realistic as this, but like how like you know 
Travolta and Blowout is has like the keen ears to really dissect what happens in that one you know scene yeah. so maybe like her her weird eyes with the camera are able to um <laughs> yeah it's not that similar i guess but <laughs> cause it's totally another thing but i mean uh, I, I, yeah you know what i mean yeah i, I yeah i see where where you're going i i mean i didn't completely uh hate it at all i i did like it overall but yeah. it it didn't yeah. really. Yeah, it I didn't just really thought it was away. like I, I just wished it was uh better for yeah. Uh, yeah overall because I was like I actually had some like hopes for it because I'm like Faye Dunaway is in this I the th- like the three movies I've seen her in are some of the greatest movies easily like she's in Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and like Clyde. Network and Network in Chinatown so I'm just like I haven't gone wrong yet really with yeah. Faye Dunaway. Three of like the most highly regarded movies. Uh, yeah, just like the biggest of the era. Uh, yeah, and she um, literally like started the mo- her career with Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, that's starting with Bang for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess the whole the whole concept of it and the and the the plot overall seemed really interesting to me. But then, yeah, it, it definitely seemed like it was it was too dumb in a way, too dumbed down. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel like it was definitely trying to appeal to mass audiences, um, uh, for sure. Which I did actually look up because I'd never heard of Eyes of Laura Mars until like last week, um, but it was actually a pretty big box office success, um, which is surprising. And I and I wonder if it hasn't because even though it was a box office success, it hasn't had much staying power. Is because it's mm. just kind of. Yeah, it's it's a it's a watered down version of a, yeah. of a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, and me and you have both seen a lot of thrillers from this era. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we've we know what we know what's up. Yeah, uh, you gotta like get past all, us. We've yeah. seen De Palma. We've seen The Conversation. We know. Yeah. Uh, so like, Eyes of Lower Mars, nothing. You know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Went in with high hopes, but uh, yeah. What can you do? That's but that's what we crammed into uh, the final days of the Criterion Channel for April. Yeah, I I I think there's others that I mean we watched. I feel like every episode has had what's leaving in April involved, so I think we yeah. could. I guess we could shout out some of those quickly before they. Yeah. They leave the channel for an unknown amount of time. They have brought some back after leaving, so I'm I'm hopeful I'll get to see what's up, Doc. Yeah, soon. I know that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't I haven't gotten to any of the ones we've watched yet. Well, the hunger. We watched the hunger. That's the mm-hmm. first one. That, yeah, the hunger was great. Great one. Yes. Um, when that comes back, you'll have to catch that. Uh, Clute was another one yeah i liked clute solid clute mm-hmm. another one of our 70s uh movies uh wait is near dark leaving or did we just watch that one i can't i can't remember near dark may be leaving well the we did what i i haven't seen that one yet but the crimson kimono we watched crimson that kimono. was uh, definitely i think one of our like shared uh favorites Yes, Crimson Kimono uh, was a great uh, one. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think. Actually, yes, Near Dark. Near Dark is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I 
I don't know if that's leaving or no, not. No, that's it's not one of them. We just, that's uh, staying. Yeah, we just watched that one for fun. <laughs> well, that one's still worth a watch. Yeah. But what other streaming services need to do is exactly what Criterion does and make a category of what's leaving at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, because then you just end up watching anything. Yeah. One, it helps you decide a lot quicker as to what movie you want to watch. And two, then you know what what you have to see before the month's end. Because there's definitely mm. a lot that are on like my Netflix list that I have no idea. That all of a sudden that one day they're just on gone. stay on there forever. Yeah. One day there's some that are just gone and some that are on there all the time. So it'd be nice to know, Netflix. You know, <laughs> It's good to know. <laughs> some transparency. All right. Well, yeah, that's the... Uh, that's, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon with uh, some more. We'll probably get some lists going here soon. And uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some lists brewing. Lists brewing. So and a, a major announcement. A major announcement in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that, Oh, too. yes, yes. Major <laughs> announcement.